Welcome to the Soul Too Early Sports Card Podcast, home of the world-renowned Hype Beast Harry. That's Kai. I'm stealing tables for trade night. And welcome to episode 15 of the Soul Too Early Podcast. Kai, how the hell are you doing? I'm doing good. I really like your name this week. So it's a pretty funny topic, honestly. Like the trade nights at some of these uh, shows, like they're they're quite the scene. I mean, that's what a perfect segue into uh, the first thing on my mind, which was the Dallas Card Show. Um, so I flew in Friday morning at like 6 a.m. I left the show Saturday at like 5 a.m. or Sunday at 5 a.m. I should say. A little jet lag. It was it was a it kind of quite a struggle to get home and to be, and to be comfortable and like actually go back to to working. But listen, I gotta tell you, this Dallas card show was pretty phenomenal. What a great way to start off 2023. I wrote out some pros and cons. The, the cons aren't aren't really anything major. It's stuff that they can't control. But the pros are really significant. There was a lot of foot traffic. At this show, especially on Friday, which, you know, during during the school year for people can be a little hit or miss. You know, uh, you have jobs, you have children, you have other responsibilities for yourself. But for a Friday, especially, the foot traffic was really solid. Saturday was incredible, as expected. Sunday, I mean, it's, it's hit or miss because based on people who travel and other responsibilities. But, like, knowing that Friday was good gave me a lot of hope for Saturday and then, you know, it ended up being a really great show for buying, selling and trading too. people were actually spending money this time. And it's not just the traditional repackers or people who come up to your booth and, and try to buy at 70% conflict. There were people who were genuinely buying high end items at fair margins or even, you know, at eBay for certain cards and, and they were reasonable. Um, which is something that sometimes you don't always see at these major shows. Sometimes you really only see like the repack people or people who are going to just pull up all of the came out and give you 70% of this comp and tell them to fuck off. But this was really good. This was a very strong show. Um, the atmosphere, Dallas, in my opinion, is one of the best shows to go to. Um, it's really always, I'm not going to say like, oh, it's hobby positivity, all this love and all this like bullshit. But I will say that the atmosphere there was very strong. Um, you know, you, what you make of it is the people you choose to hang out with, either during the show, after the show, or whatever. And I think that we, in the Soul to Early group, have figured out a very strong, like, friendship and camaraderie that, like, has actually lived through the cards. And, like, we actually do enjoy seeing each other whenever we get the chance to. So that community aspect, that atmosphere was very strong and I really enjoyed, you know, being able to see a lot of friends that I haven't seen for a couple months, you know, I haven't even seen you in person since the national. And I don't know the next show I'll see you at, but like I had a chance to hang out with Mikey, with Lucas, with Woods, like guys who I don't get a chance to see every so often. So it's like a very positive, good environment for that. And lastly, the, the biggest pro actually for me personally, and Kai, maybe you as well down the line, I might be getting my own permanent spot in the main room in Dallas. I was able to meet the showrunner officially. I, I, I talked to him before, but like I had someone introduce me like proper, like, hey, you know, this guy is a high-end dealer. Like he's been here forever. Like he, he actually is interested in like doing this. 
And now my name's on the dealer list. Maybe I'll actually have a table in my own name moving forward. The last year and a half, I was through a friend or just le leeching onto someone else. Now I, I hopefully will have my own spot and try and build up to, you know, a good location in the main Dallas card showroom in the future. So that's super exciting. That's awesome. Dude, that's all I want. Like having that spot locked down, whether I use it every time or not, which most likely I'm going to use it every single chance I can, but being able to sublet it or, you know, just having my own name and accountability for it is, is super huge. Like that's what I want or need at this point. So now let's talk about some cons. Once again, this is no one's fault. And it's not even really a con, depending on how you look at this, but the camera crews are back. Kai, you're going to Atlanta in a couple weeks. I'm not going. Take a note of this. You are going to see so many fucking camera crews, you're going to actually physically cringe. It's, I just don't get it, dude. It's just I like, don't either. I just think it's fucking embarrassing. Like, this is a hobby of like men collecting dudes and dudes signing autographs. And we have these fucking cameras. Like, are you, are we really doing this? Like who fucking cares? This is not, this is a great hobby. I love what we do, but come on. Like this is, it's so fucking tacky. The worst is the people who like flex material items and money and cash and all the shit. I know I, I'm openly mocking the fucking fake Rolex that I'm not wearing today, but I don't like the camera crew stuff. I'm not a fan of it. If you do it, more power to you. But in my opinion, if I ever get to that point, Kyle, where I'm carrying a camera around with me and like vlogging my shit, please fucking keep my ego in check. I'm not that goddamn important. Nothing I say is that important. So like, keep me in check, please. Yeah. You know what I think is the worst thing out of all that is like the when they like kids like want them to like sign shit and like take pictures. I don't know. I think that's so cringy. Dude, I don't know about the you. thing is too that that ten year old, twelve year old kid will like wake up one day like 17 or 18 years old and like see that autographed influencer sweatshirt or shirt and be like, so man, weird. I'm a fucking loser. Like, I screwed <laughs> up. so weird. Once again, like, if you're like a kid, I get it. Like, that's fucked. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, let me make sure this is very clear. I'm not mocking the children, the kids, like, love these influencers. There's yeah, some that are same. actually like good <laughs> at what they do. But it is the stereotypical hype beast ones that just like I'm not gonna name drop because that's not what I want to do. That's not fair. But like it's the stereotypical Let's ones that just do not actually offer anything more than a surface level interaction. Who you can very clearly tell are in it for financial benefit. Who don't even honestly make that good of a YouTube video. And I can tell you, my, my nine to five job experience is in YouTube SEO. I fucking ran a gaming show that was <laughs> it was larger than anyone else's um, in the card world, except for Ryan Card Collector 2. I think his channel is slightly larger than mine when I was 16 years old. So, like, I know a thing or two about the YouTube world. I can call you out on that. So, you know, call that what it is. Those type of stereotypical hype beast content drives me up the wall. If you're a child and you like it, that's perfectly fine. I don't know why you're listening to this podcast, but, like... <laughs> good for you man more power to you um not a fan don't like that stuff it is what it is please don't fucking flex your money your material items you will get them robbed from you because you are not that strong in real life and and all it takes is honestly one or two or five people with bad intentions who see you who know you have money 
And that's just exactly. Speaking of trade nights in my name for this episode, trade nights are kind of hit or miss for higher end items. Um, I've, I've really noticed this shift that, well, the great dynamic of it is once a show ends, especially Dallas. So let's say the Dallas card show goes from like 9 a.m., maybe 10 a.m. for general admission to 6 p.m. That's roughly the show schedule. There might be some adjustment. I think Friday ran until 8. I think Sunday goes till 4. doesn't necessarily matter. At some point in time, at like half an hour before the show ends, children and like young collectors who don't have showcase space leave the show. I'm not even kidding. This is true. They will leave the mm. show and like go and steal tables, chairs, anything they possibly fucking can to set up quote unquote at trade night. You literally are going from like the big leaks at like the show quote unquote, or like the first show to the second show, the minor leaks quote unquote from 6 PM, 8 PM, 8.01 PM to 3 AM in the morning. When I left for my flight on Sunday, there were still people making deals in the lobby. And I swear to God, it was, it was absurd. That's absurd. <laughs> it is what it is. Like more power to you. I, I can't do that. Like, I just don't have that interest. Um, and, and in the higher end world, like there are high end dealers who either pay for that spot or, or set up and like, just, you know, dude, I, I finagled into a, a, in a showcase type environment because one of my friends had room and I was just bullshitting with them for half an hour, an hour, I made one deal at either trade night and it was a nice deal. But like at that point I was kind of like, I was ready to go to bed or like do other things, like be social. Like I don't have the same drive to make every single fucking deal I possibly can anymore because thankfully I've like set myself up pretty nicely where I don't have that killer instinct, at least in person, at least like when I have opportunities to do like fun things in real life. Like the experiences are more important to me than just like the financial sense at this moment in time. You know, a good example of the trade night thing was actually the national yeah. um, Ryan's official one. I've been going to Ryan's trade night since like, it wasn't even Ryan's trade night at the beginning. It was actually Jimmy's, but I've been going since like 2017 or 2018, the national. And this year, I mean, you were there with me. Like it was like a mile long line just to get in the door. Like you I had know. to wait like an hour or two to get in. Like I, the trade nights are getting a little bit, I don't know about out of hand, but it's definitely turning into something. I would call it out of hand. I, I think there's, I mean, there's nothing you can actually do. There's nothing. I think we both agree on this. Trade nights are good overall for the hobby. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Yes. I think what you run into is an issue potentially is like, fire safety and like card safety and like theft. I think those are the actual concerns that that I at least have when there's a significant amount of people in a room. I'm not sure like if you have another idea, like something that you personally worry about, but like if I walk into like a crowded fucking room in like the starlight lounge, the starlight lounge in Dallas, or even like Ryan's trade night or Jimmy's trade night at the national in, in Chicago, let's say, because I think we both visually have been there. It's too much. Like you have to be worried. Even the Atlanta, even the um, AC uh, trade night, like you mentioned, we didn't even go to it because it was so crowded and out the door. It wasn't safe. Not even just like safe in terms of like things getting stolen. There's a fucking fire. There's an issue. People are going to stampede and you are in danger. (laughs) Like it's not, that's not good. That's not acceptable. 
in in the, in the scale of like safety, not like being bad for sports cards, but like I think people understand what I'm trying to say there. It's dangerous. Yeah, trade night's a good thing, but when you have like five thousand people waiting to get inside of like a couple thousand square foot room with like a couple tables and some soda, like I don't know if that's a good recipe. It's not, exactly. and then you run into obviously the risk of items being stolen or damaged, or in the worst case scenario, there's an actual emergency. You're kind of screwed, you know. Another thing about it, like I don't even know if it's about like the whole like breaking shit and stuff, but like. How do you get? I mean, I haven't really gone to a trade night and stayed there for a while in a little bit, but how do you get stuff done in a cramped room like that with hundreds of people? Like- so, what I do, and I think a lot of people kind of do this in their own separate ways, I could do something called fishing. Um, I will put out like five cards, maybe at the maximum, like seven to 10. I'll put out like high and expensive cards right in front of me. You are not fucking stealing from me because, like, let's say, you know, we're using like this Tom Brady triple auto, for instance. And I'm sitting right there in the middle. I will have this like directly in front of me. You are not touching this card. Or you are not t- seeing anything. My back is to the wall if I can help it. The only way you are getting in front of me is to look at this physical card. I see people who are in like a 360 degree like area of potential theft where anything around them could possibly take something. Or they have 100 cards out and like they're all just laid out. And all it would take theoretically is someone to talk to you in this direction to your left and someone on the right just swiping a card. You'd never see it again. You would never even know it was gone, which I'm not condoning that. Let me make sure this is clear. I'm not condoning it, but I'm calling it out so that you can be aware of it. And that's a lot different. Like, I don't get the people who do that. Um, I would rather honestly bring another showcase or like a tiny showcase. I've seen people. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. I've seen people bring like miniature miniature um, display case like you would actually use for jewelry. That's a fucking great idea. I would love to have that instead. At least then you're safe. But when I go to a show or if I'm saying about a trade night, five to ten cards, high end, right in front of me. If you want to see more, you can go through my stuff. I'm gonna close. I'm gonna put those cards away first. Put them away in in my uh, Zion Goliath case, which I love. And you can go through them, and I'll kind of be staring at you. Because you know what? I don't need you to be the guy who thinks they're smart enough to get to steal something from me. What are your thoughts on this? This is kind of an interesting innovation. But you know the like the case you have? Yeah. You know, like on the the part that opens up, right? The like yes. top, I guess. What if they made a version for trade nights that had like a plastic on the top that you could see through oh. and it opened up? So it was like a mini showcase. That's not a bad idea. I think in order for that to be like engineered properly, it would have to be like either super thick, which they're if yeah, you never travel like, to the Zion Goliath cave, yeah, you'd have to like adjust the dimensions accordingly. The thing about the Zion case, which I really love them and not sponsored, nothing like that. I personally am a huge fan of the product. I'd use it for not sponsored before. yet. Not sponsored. Well, I don't. I don't want to do sponsorships on the actual podcast proper because, like, we we don't need to. Like, thankfully, like this is all for love, and I don't want to be a corporate chill. But the point is, if you make a good product, we will just endorse it. The Zion case, the Glad case, is phenomenal, and it is just the right size to be a carry on for a flight. So I don't know if you made the dimensions a little bit different. If there's something that would be messed up if it wouldn't fit properly in like an air in a airplane overhead or stuff like that. If you could engineer it properly, that would be phenomenal or just like it's an attachment or an extension, whatever you have to do. That's actually a good idea, Kai. 
Um, it'd be really bulky. <laughs> it might not really yeah. go on the table super well. Would probably break pretty easily. Yeah, I mean, like once again, I, I'm not an engineer. I have no idea how you design that, but it's not a bad idea. It's better than someone getting their stuff stolen. So, yeah. Um, but in spite of all that, in spite of the pros and, and occasional cons that you could see at a show, I honestly I love the Dallas Card Show. I thought this particular one was like an A minus A show. Um, huge momentum for sports cards and traveling in 2023 to start. So really loving where we're at. My next show I'm traveling for is Burbank in about three weeks. You're going to Atlanta in a week and a half, two weeks. Yeah. So you're going to have to keep say, an eye uh, out. Well, I would say Dallas is – I mean, I've only been to Dallas once, but I would say Dallas is definitely the only show besides the Nashville that you can like have actual like expectations for. So Burbank is starting to get there, and I'm going to touch on this quickly, and then I'll go on to my last like opening point. So I love the Burbank show. It was phenomenal the first time we went. Uh, they, they crushed it. Really fortunate to have been selected to go as a dealer, and we'll never take that for granted. I, I will set the expectation appropriately of imagine opening a restaurant, your first location. You guys absolutely crush it. You're, you're a sensation. You're a star. Now you have expectations your second time. The first time, no one really knew to expect. Now you're in a larger venue. You're in the big leagues. You are you are the cream of the crop. If you crush this, this becomes the national or like the Dallas of the West Coast. The expectations are now much higher than they were uh, in August when the show premiered. So I really hope they achieve – Everything they want to, I'm really pulling for them. But I, I would just make sure that um, if you are going for the first time, if you're either a dealer or a vendor for the or dealer or, or traveling for the first time there, we had no expectations or not proper expectations for what happened. <laughs> so I really hope they're able to set a high bar and go beyond that moving forward because I love that show. I'll be back no matter what happens, most likely. And, and you know, something to just be aware of. Expectations can kill if not done properly, but I really trust the Burbank team to to do everything they can and more. Wasn't wasn't there like an issue with the first one? Like there was like a line to get in that wasn't picked so, up or something. Going back to like the trade uh, trade night discussion, ironically, it was so crowded that it was a fire hazard. The fire marshal like literally had to come big. Yo, this is too many people. This is fucking dangerous. Like, that's how busy it was. People waited in line for hours to get into the show. So now in their new location in Orange County, that shouldn't be an issue. If that if that happens again, Kai, we have a <laughs> we have a great discussion. I'm talking about that week after when, you know, yeah. a venue that's, I believe, five times larger than the original setup is at capacity or more. <laughs> so that might be a different conversation, but. You know, that's that's one where once again no one had real expectations or proper expectations of what to expect and they crushed it. So now in a larger venue and all this other stuff, what's going to happen? And it's in a different spot. It's um it's not in Burbank property anymore. It's in Ontario, California. It is in Orange County. It's a good bit away. That could be something that messes up some LA traveling. I'm flying into a different I'm not flying to LAX this time, I'm flying into a different airport. Some people might have issues with connecting flights or not getting a direct flight or X, Y, and Z. There are potential shortcomings that can come up. Now, this is what you have to do 
when your show gets too large for you expected. And this is a good thing. These are growing pains, but that's exactly it. It's a growing pain. What's going to happen? We don't know yet. This is only the second time they're doing it. So I'm not being negative. I'm not trying to be negative. Just setting the expectation accordingly out loud. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a better thing to have too many people waiting outside than no one coming to your show. So Yeah, well, that's definitely true. Yeah. Last thing, this is not about shows, but it is an interesting parallel. So Golden, earlier today, as of recording, um, announced their new marketplace where they're going to have like weekly auctions and stuff like that. It seems like they're going after Alt and PWCC for like these cheaper auctions they're doing. Um, on top of their obviously more monthly and I guess quarterly true uh, amazing auctions. It might not be quarterly, it might be monthly. The point is, Kai, do we have too many fucking auction houses? <laughs> is there too oh, much? For sure, uh, yeah. There's too much going on right now. Like, I don't even know what to buy these days or like what's a target because if you have cash, you are truly like the king of the sports card world. There's such a maybe not in Dallas, but at least on the online, there's such a money crunch right now that you can just be as selective as you want to. And the second you actually say you're buying, you're paying a reasonable number, you will have a thousand DMs. People need cash immediately. Um, I know it feels like the sentiments are going to change a little more in person, not positively, but at least online, it does feel like people still are kind of like financially hurting a bit. Yeah, an example for this is on PWCC Weekly on Sunday. I think I won like seven or eight cards. I think three or four were slabbed. On, mon on Monday, I listed the three or four slabbed ones on eBay while I'm waiting for them in the mail. And then today on Tuesday, three of them have already sold. For oh, congrats. For that All right. Good Sunday. process. It's just like I don't – I don't get like how like certain things go so cheap on PWCC and certain things go so much more than they're actually worth on. Like, I don't know where that's coming from, but you can I, definitely I, find some avenues that are like very underpriced on there. I would say that if you are willing to zig while others zag, you'll do super well, but that's any dude. I remember uh, alt being the place to buy from forever yeah. um, and stuff would run like 50 to 65% comps. And you could flip it immediately. And that was about a year ago at this point, maybe like six to ten years ago. Yeah, it was, a, year, it was a little bit ago. Now they're kind of like, they're kind of finding their way in the world, which is good. I like all like the people that work there. We're friends with some of them. So I'm not trying to trash their <laughs> their company. Um, yeah. But, you know, that's the, one of the issues you have when, you know, Golden ends on Monday, but PWCC ends on Sunday and all ends on Thursday. And Leland ends today on Friday. and um, At least none of them picked the same day. At least not right now. And Probst <laughs> yeah. is running his bids on every single night. And good luck, fucker. Yeah. You're going to run out of money before you know it. I feel like the eBay consignment shops are like the one thing that's like, you can't really blame them, though. Like, no, not no, an of course they can't. Not, I'm not blaming I mean, them. I guess they are, <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah. There are a lot of consignment services, though. DC. There's so uh, many. Probstein. Oh, my God. Um, I'm uh, MC and there's, Mike runs a good uh, one. My there's friend, so many like random ones too. Now. What's up? Yeah, I just there's so many like random ones too, like you don't even like hear about that are like selling like hundreds of thousands of items a year. It's crazy. Yeah. Too much stuff. I don't know. You can get lost. You can get lost very quickly. Um, you really can. 
What's on your mind, Kyle? What, what's going on with you? Uh, nothing really too crazy right now. Getting ready for Atlanta. I don't really have crazy expectations. More so, like just to go and see everyone, buy some how stuff, many, maybe. How many showcases do you have for the show? I have one, but I don't even know if I'm going to use it. Really? Walk? Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I kind of want to buy more, so I'm thinking I might walk around. It's not a bad idea. That. Assuming everything is a different in Atlanta, and I and I will call this out as much as I'm not like the largest supporter of the show, they absolutely fucking knocked it out of the park with their basketball setup. Ironically enough, the thing that I don't love as a collector who wants to go there to buy and sell and trade, the court that they have designed, assuming it's the actual final one, looks fucking insane. Is that it for looks, that? I I believe so. Um, I can pull it up if you want. It is bonkers if it's actually truly what they're well, doing. Well, yeah, I, I saw that picture, but I thought that was like a – I thought they had like a sponsorship on another court. Either way, Either if way, that's yeah. truly what they're using, that's great. That's an actual like stadium. I'm going to try sure. and see if I can pull it up real quickly and give it to you. Because uh, – <laughs> Well, the thing about the basketball tournament, the other one, wasn't even like the whole, like, I mean, not your point about, like, them being away from the showcases. That's definitely a point. But, like, the, the thing that they were playing on was, like, a little mini half court with a net around it. They, like, set up in, like, 20 minutes. Yeah, dude, like, no, that looked like shit. And I don't think, I don't yeah. think that's fair to not criticize. Like, it, it looked like shit. Yeah. If you're going to have a thing centered around, like, a influencer basketball tournament, at least make it, like, look decent. And that's what they're doing now, if I can... See, the reason I didn't know if this thing you're about to show was correlated or not, because is this connected to the hotel? Like, this so looks like I'm an actual not thing. sure. So what I have on screen right now is from Prism God, who posted this yesterday at the time of recording. This looks insane. I don't, once again, I do not know if this is... Well, I know the overtime elite thing all over the court is like that league, the G League team or whatever, whatever it is for like 18-year-olds. So okay. I thought that it was their court with and culture collision had like ads on the court. I mean, that's that's definitely possible, too. I don't know the way I read this. And maybe that's the point of it is, oh, this is where they're playing the tournament or the all-star game, whatever the fuck it is. This is dope. Oh, hang on. No, I don't want. I mean, I if that's it. the case, though, that's sick. I just don't know if that's the case. That's exactly it. I'm not sure either. I'm not sure that's meant to be the point and like you're not supposed to know or not. But this looks insane. And for anyone who is, who is listening on Spotify, go to Prism God's post. Look at this court. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see it, obviously. It, it's, it looks insane. Like, this this kind of, like, changes my mind a little bit. I'm like, all right, now you're now you're, you're not playing on a half court that was just kind of lazily thrown together. This looks dope. It does look pretty cool. I hope that is the actual court. I would actually go watch that, honestly. That's a, yeah, that, that's a different conversation. If, it like, was after if it's going to look time. good... There's a difference between it being like kind of like lazily done, like during the show, and like yeah. there's a lot of noises and like whatever else, and like your friends are leaving their table versus like, oh, you got to travel to this. Like, oh, you have to choose to go and see your friends play. Now, I don't love that as a collector who would, who would be there for high deals and sales and trades, but at least this looks, you know, that looks professional. That's a lot different. Uh, yeah, nothing really else for me. I mean, just kind of same old, same old. So, yeah. All right, let's get into the NFL wild card. So I think I might have misread the bracket last week. It doesn't really matter. I think we were mostly on, except for 
I had the Chargers winning. Um, so did I. And I think I had the Bucks winning too. So I kind of whiffed on that. So did I. Yeah, we both yeah. had those. And then you had we, the Vikings winning, and I had no. I had no, the Giants. We both had we, we both had Giants. Oh, oh! I thought I put the Vikings for whatever reason, but I guess. Oh, did you? Down. I mean, I know I put the Giants. I don't know. I, I thought you I might have put the Vikings actually. I think I might have chosen the Vikings. It doesn't matter. I, I tried to not be Homer, but the Giants somehow advanced. I was not expecting that. They looked great. <laughs> so I think we did decent. I think we went like four for six or four for seven or something. I mean, that's not great, but I, I don't really. Chargers are going to Charger. It is what it is there. That's That was something, wasn't it? Yeah, that was something just awful. And I was saying this a lot in person over the sh- over the weekend, but and then Trevor Lawrence shit the bed, and I was really right, and then, and then he ended up coming back. He is going to get like the Joe Burrow, Josh Allen type hype train this offseason. He is going to probably be the most sought-after quarterback this entire offseason um, for people who are trying to flip cards. Like just watch it happen. If he's not number one, he's going to be like number two or number three. Because and this was before, this was during him shaking the bed and then maybe him advancing really uh, highlight at this point. There's so much money in these quarterbacks, good, bad, or otherwise, that you're going to see that hype train really kick off for them, regardless of how they do this week against the uh, Chiefs. Yeah, I think it's um, I think it's going to be Lawrence, and then depending on what the Bears do, I think Hill Fields will have a lot of hype, and I think depending on what happens with Lamar. He could have a lot of hype this offseason card-wise. Lamar should have some hype. Um, I don't know where he's going to go either. Honestly, now that Justin Herbert is kind of being um, embarrassed a little bit, I kind of see him as an opportunity to zag while other people zig. You know, Herbert is going to be a pretty good quarterback. Herbert is already like a top five to eight quarterback, maybe top ten if you really want to disrespect him. But he already is like one of those better quarterbacks. He's pretty young. If his stuff drops enough, it's worth considering going after a significant amount and selling it to the hype again. Like you know he's gonna do it. You know there's high-end buyers who want to protect their investments. It's kind of worth considering. And I don't like to give hashtag financial advice, hashtag investing, all that other shit. I'm just calling it how I see it. Do you know what could be interesting is um, what happens with Trey Lance? Because I really don't think he plays for the 49ers next season. So, in my opinion, Trey Lance and Daniel Jones was supposed to be in this list, but he's not anymore. Trey Lance and Kyler Murray are perfect buy low opportunities. Kyler might not come back all of next year, but like if he does, play. he might come back towards the later half of the year. I mean, it's a guy with like you need his mobility, so they might just depending on the Cardinals do to start the year or in the middle of the year. If they're bad, they might just set him. Like it's entirely possible, especially with Cliff. Fair being enough. Yeah. Like the new head coach might just want his guy, and Kyler might just be, you know, SOL. Did, wait, really quick. Did you see that about Cliff Kingsbury? Oh, uh, dude, he's my hero. Yeah, he just took a one-way That's plane trip to uh, Thailand. Yeah. Back. He's like not responding to anyone and stuff. It's amazing. No, he's a, he's incredible. Like that's such a, I don't know. I go to Thailand, but I'd be like, yeah. If I would have had twenty or thirty million dollars that a team owed me, I would just be on the face of the earth too. You never see me again. So, yep. A lot of respect. That's 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 a G move. I should have made that my intro. Maybe next week I'll do that. Um, speaking of player, speaking of things being done, I think Lamar is done in Baltimore. Um, I think there's no shot he comes back. I think his own teammates kind of like are building him up in a way like yeah we get it like fuck this like they're blaming the coaching staff for 
um, Tyler Huntley being, you know, SOL on the one yard line when he tried to dive into the end zone. Yeah, did you fumble. see J.K. Dobbs's quote? Yeah, that's that's what I'm referencing. Exactly. That you're referencing that if we had Lamar, we would have won. They would have. I think that's true. I don't think that's really hotly. Yeah, I think yeah. some of the hot take, but he they would have. They, they were in the game with Tyler Huntley. They were down one score with Lamar. I think it's definitely a different different conversation. I think, I think it gets a lot. I think it's a lot closer. Um, if not a Baltimore win, I think he's done. I don't think he comes back. I, I especially with him being injured and then not. I, I think he. There's a conversation to be had that if things worked out differently, if he felt differently about the team, he might have tried to play. Where he had a long-term yeah. contract. Yeah. Uh, I don't really want the Falcons to get him at this point, but if they do, I'll Are you really believing he's going to this year, like, or moving forward? Or he are you just saying has that me, No, he, he kind of has me a little on the hype train after his last two games, despite being against the Bucks. But there's no expectations in those games. That's the issue. Well, my the thing I want the Falcons to do, I know this is kind of off the, off the rails and the uh, – Bill bias, but I want them to build around him. And then if he's not the guy in a year, then you get your quarterback. But you have a good team around whoever the quarterback is at that point. I mean, that's fair. That's what the Giants reverse did when they got Saquon Barkley instead of like a quarterback in 2017. And then they drafted Daniel Jones. So, oops. Yeah. And now they're going to have to pay either one, both, or neither of them, which will be interesting. I don't, I don't know the Giants are going to do three agents. Uh, I believe Saquon is a free agent, and Jones they didn't give a fifth year option to. So I they could think tag him, but yeah, one of them's gonna get tagged. I think Jones gets tagged. I don't know what happens to Saquon. Um, I be- like I said, I believe he's a free agent now. So or after the end of the season, so it'll be interesting. I'm not, I'm not sure. And paying, I think you have to pay Saquon whatever he wants. Um, and uh, I, I mean, uh, I think you have to do the Giants have no one else on offense, really. So, ah, dude, you pay Saquon, who has a history of being severely hurt. I don't know if you do that. I know you, that's the you issue. Try to pay him, but not whatever he wants. He's gonna want like top three or even probably top one at uh, running back money. So, I mean, he probably deserves it, but I don't he think does he deserve it. that. I, I don't know. I don't know the good answer is. Draft Bajan Robinson. No, that's not going to happen. All right, let's move into some NBA talk. Although, ironically enough, this week I did not watch a single game of NBA. Uh, I was busy prepping for Dallas and then going to Dallas, and I basically slept like 14 hours uh, on Sunday, and I'm still not exactly sure what day it is anymore. So, I did not watch any basketball this week. So, Kai, <laughs> this is all you, my guy. All right, we'll run this down real quick. Okay, four teams up, not necessarily any specifics or anything, but people on the rise. The Thunder, the Thunder look amazing for a team that was supposed to be tanking for Victor right now. Uh, their roster is crazy talented. They don't even have Chet playing, and they're in the play-in game right now, which is pretty crazy. Uh, Dude, Chet's, Chet's going to be goodbye when they have like actual good products of him. If everyone, I agree. Sleeping. The thing about him, though, is like, I don't know if he's gonna be like a third, like twenty-five and fifteen guy. Like I don't care. I, I you see him. the hype. It doesn't matter what he is. This, this this person's not included anywhere on this list. But you know who I'm crazy hype about right now? Who is Sengun? So he's starting to get a little trendy. Yeah, I saw. He is insane. The issue with once again, like Chet and Sengun, is 
They have no good products. Therefore, I don't care. I don't care well, about Sengun has almost everything now. Sengun was the year before. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah. What are you getting, what are you getting mixed up with? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Either. Go on. Uh, the Are next team on the up is the Magic. Same, pretty similar case scenario to the Thunder. They've been, I think they're like seven and five in their last 12 or something. Um, good roster, a lot of young players, a lot of assets. They're on the fringe of the play in, I think. They might actually be in the play in, not positive there. Hmm. But uh, they're up. And then a little bias throw in here. The Hawks are undefeated in the last week or two. Everyone's finally getting back from injury. Everyone's clicking. We've had three really good wins in a row. Last team I'm very high on is the Kings, who are also very hot right now. Getting Kevin Herter, Sabonis. They drafted Keegan Murray, Malik Monk. They have a great team. Great it's, team. This is the most of years. Have you seen any videos like their stadium after like big shots? Yeah, they, uh, they light the beam or whatever. Their fans are insane. Like probably right, the they finally have hope. That's what happens. Yeah. Like, <laughs> give a team the first chance, like actual no, no built notoriety in twenty years, twenty thirty years, whatever it is. Yeah, it'd be a little rowdy too. Good for them. Yeah, it's really exciting to watch. Plus, Kevin Herter's him. So um, he's looks so good. That I've seen. He's so good. The perfect fit for like the kind of player he is. I'm really happy for him, actually. Even though I'm upset, he's off the Hawks now. But what? Uh, did you guys trade him, or did he just sign as a free agent? There? We traded him. I'm okay. really upset. We traded him. He's on a great contract too. We got, got Justin it. Holiday and a protected pick. Yes, that's not good. Yeah, but uh, a couple teams kind of trending downwards. The Phoenix Suns. I'm pretty sure since Devin Booker got hurt, they're like the second or third worst team in the entire NBA, record-wise, which is probably like three weeks. They're gonna be selling uh, soon. They might be, honestly, unless Booker comes back like soon and they go crazy. I can't see them really getting up to the top couple seeds anymore. I think they're like barely in the actual playoffs anymore, if not in the play in. Could be wrong. Maybe you can check that. But yeah. Um, Oh my God, they're 12th. They're 12th. They are three games under 500. They are 21 and 24. I didn't know that, but okay. Wow. Yeah, they, they might actually sell. It's they are the one, one guy on their team. In the last 10 games. Yeah. The one guy I could see them definitely moving off of is DeAndre Ayton. And probably um, Chris Paul, honestly. I don't know if they'll trade Chris Paul. I, I think they might, he might just run his contract. Like, who wants him? It, it honestly doesn't matter. I don't, I'm not sure how much longer his contract is for, but like, you might just want to get yeah. whatever you can out of him and just move on. Yeah. Um, and the Mavericks, they're they're a pretty big clusterfuck that's kind of just being held together by Luca right now. I think they're like three and four in their last couple games or something like that. But they did you see the mural that was painted? I did. Yeah, get Luca yeah. some help and Mark Cuban, like yeah. you know the guy who who painted it. Yeah. So today they they painted over it and they're making a new one that was uh, talked about with Luca. So we'll see about that. But yeah, they need they need something to change. I feel like to have a chance to be contenders because Luca's like. Luca and Christian Woods been solid, but they don't have like any assets to do. Do you think Luca so. wins MVP if they finish top four? Yeah. What if they finish fifth? Because they're currently fifth. I'm just curious. I feel like if they finish like top two to four ish, I feel like you kind of top two. Like 100%, like is, top two, but, I would guarantee 100 percent he wins it. Top four. I well, think. I mean, as of right now, the Nuggets are in first, right? Yeah, they are. I mean, if the Mavericks finish third, does, like what? What's making you take Luca over Jokic? 
Just the fact that the Nuggets have a, a full team and Luka is just... I mean, like do they really have that much more than the Mavericks? I, I, I think it's debatable. And, and I'm not trying to get into that conversation. I think it's Jokic's to lose, honestly. But I think voter fatigue is a real issue these days. Um, I don't know. I don't love it. But yeah. I, I, it, Jokic has to do so much more to win his third MVP because of voter fatigue. And I just I don't agree. I'm not a big uh, Jason Tatum guy, but he's actually been balling too. So um, I think he dropped like he dropped like 50 yesterday or the day before. Yeah, he dropped. I think 51. Yeah. But yeah, that is my NBA in three and a half minute take. It's not bad. All right, let's talk about some MLB. So Bowman was moving super well in Dallas. Um, in my opinion, this is like the true selling point. Like either now or between now and like Burbank, this is where you lock in your profit. If you so choose to, you can continue to hold, you can total closer to the season, but if you want to guarantee that money, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah. This is kind of the time to do it because we've seen what happens when people hold a little too long. Sometimes economic factors kind of fall out. Sometimes a player mysteriously gets hurt and you're fucked or they get traded or they get someone else and, your hot shot prospect is now just going to be chilling for a year or two in the minor leagues. Bowman is kind of super easy to predict in my mind. Like once you see the and 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 thanks Nick for joining a couple weeks ago at this point, or even yeah, a week or two ago. Um, I like to buy the guys who are in double A AA or triple A, wait for them to make their debut, and then sell or just like sell into the hype of them possibly doing something. I don't want to own their card after they make their debut. Fuck it, I don't care. Most likely they're going to be kind of average, and if they're good. Cool. They're still going to trend down eventually because of the hotshot new prospect. Like it all just trends down eventually, unless your name is Mike Kraut. So, I think you're pretty spot on with the Bowman Chrome, and like it's, it's kind of the time to sell it, except for the 2022 stuff that's still like kind of because with that stuff, when it comes out and like probably the next month, it just trends straight downward yep. with like regular uh, Bowman Chrome coming out, then or then. Draft. Chrome and then draft coming out or whatever. It's Bowman, then Chrome, then draft, I think. So, so when each of them comes out, they just continue to plumb. I think that stuff you can kind of grade, wait, and sit on it till like the season or whenever you want to sell. But I think 2021 and before, you should probably be starting to get out of it if you're not so like. I, I did SGC sub, SGC sub, day before New Year's, and it came back uh, the 14th. So it's a two week turnaround, which is amazing. It was nine bucks a pop. Great, 61 cards. I put it all at auction. I said, fuck it. I don't even want this stuff. Like, I don't even know. I don't even really care who's good in here. Just auction it, get it out of my house, take the money, and probably go buy one or two like nice cards. And I should net out a couple thousand dollars in profit off of doing no work and SGC being like good at what they do, which is ironic because I never really agree with them, except for when they had a nine dollar promotion as opposed to like the 15 to 20 bucks it would usually cost. So they 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 really surprised me at their service this time. You know, SGC is like a really like well-run company. I would say that's weird in this world. Yeah, like I mean, I don't know what cards I would send to them at the moment. That's not like maybe vintage, like We're Bowman just Chrome not the best. <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. It's just not the best like ROI. But I mean, as a company and getting your cards back and communication, like they might be the best. They might. Yeah, I think they are the best. Good. Listen, and you know what? As much as I don't love what they do, if you're able to. You know, 
continue to do it well. You want people who believe in them. And you know what? SGC does have a place in the card world. I personally think more for vintage and, and stuff like this where you run a promotion, it makes sense to do it. And I think they were like the second most common graded company last year was PSA, SGC, CGS, so. and then back at themselves. Yeah. So there is a place for them. That's perfectly fine. I will, have I will you, go for it. I was going to ask, have you ever tried to crack an SGC card? It's fucking difficult. It's so fucking hard. I hate it. I don't like it. It's like a brick. Which is, I guess, a good thing, but like, it's crazy. I know. Usually, the best part of an SGC slab is just cracking and putting in PSA. But yeah, I, I will give them credit. You impressed me on this turnaround, and I will look forward to when you do another promotion. I can get a bunch of base or crap out of, and hopefully make some money. But we'll see. Um, moving into something else, and we kind of talked about this a little bit uh, about card shows is like that power dynamic. So. Kai, you like to walk shows. You occasionally will set up. I will not go to a show now these days unless I'm set up. And I really see it as a power dynamic and a power struggle in a way. Because the pros of setting up, you have all the power in negotiations, in my opinion. You know, maybe I trade night shifts in general because, like, the kids or the people who don't have tables, like, will set up at a major show. But when you're the dealer and you're actually having the in the main room or, or X, Y, and Z, you have the power in negotiation. If someone comes up to you and says, hey, are you buying? I immediately know I have I power in this conversation. Whether it means I'm buying at a lower number or like you want something I have, I know that I'm in control and I will dictate what happens here, which is frankly all I care about at the end of the day is knowing that if I want what you have and you're coming up to me at a table and I'm the dealer, I'm going to get the better deal here. Yeah, I think that's definitely a great point. I mean, I also think it kind of is like situation to situation based on what you want to do. I mean, I know you have a lot of inventory that's like good and for like shows typically. Yep. I know I usually have like less inventory than you do and I'm more of like a more in like a buying mode, I guess, rather than like sitting there like waiting for people to come up and deal with me. You're good at shuffling through inventory though. That's the thing. Like you cycle stuff very well. Yeah, I don't like to have moves. that many cards in hand at any time, really. I'm more of yeah. like a in and out kind of guy. I know you do that too, but you usually have like bigger items and more I do them ways. That's the thing. Like yeah. our, my favorite thing to do, honestly, is to buy below eBay and trade down and get more yeah. value than what the eBay comp was anyway, and then sell that stuff off and kind of like keep building it up and down. Um and I've realized that kind of is the way to do it in 2022, 2023, because when people are financially hurting, you know, if the card is 20 bucks, it's going to be 20 bucks forever. And I used to shit talk that. And I would say that's dumb. I don't want to own all that stuff. But when you're buying high end anyway and getting more value out of it, it works in that dynamic because you can maximize the value of your items. And I don't do that with every single card I own. I obviously would prefer to move more sale inventory and trade down. Someone else wants it. That's the perfect world for me. And then on the higher end stuff, selling, trading, cash and trade, whatever it's going to be. But because I'm someone who is – I'm really not picky when I go to a show. I I just look for value. And the I'm Dave able to cards. Pick, what? The Dave cards. The Dave cards are so interesting. Like, yeah, I, I got a uh, Vucevic one-of-one game more in Logo Man Auto. Fuck it. I don't care. Like, find another one. I, 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 another Casually one. Casually drops 40 the day after you get it. What would you say? 
casually drops 40 the day after you get it. I know. That was funny. That made me so happy. I put that on eBay uh, tonight or tomorrow. Um, I didn't do that yet. Uh, I processed 150 other fucking things in my tiredness, and I was too lazy to do the other good stuff. Um, but the thing is, too, and I've gotten very good at this. Kai, I can scan an entire showcase of stuff within like five to ten seconds these days. I can see what like I actually want versus like what is like white noise. And I don't know if that's a good thing or not anymore for me, because that also makes walking around a show miserable. Is I can just look and be like, no, no, no. Like I just I can see like trash is the wrong word. I can see the stuff that's like white noise that I just can ignore, which is really not good. And occasionally I'll see something I want. But I still don't want, I still don't like a deal for it. I still walk away because I know that if I go up to that person and make a conversation, I'm losing the power that I am. And I don't want to give that up. Yeah. I don't know that's good. That's not a I'm not saying that's a good I thing. I mean I acknowledge it. It's it's not it's I don't know. I guess it's not a good thing, but at the same time, like you know what you want. I don't know. Value, yeah. I even know, even I, though you'll yeah, you'll take anything basically. So I mean is it a good thing for you? Probably not. I'm a little, I'm a little not jaded in that way, and I, and I yeah. acknowledge that. But it's not a you value sure. your time. Yeah, but that's the thing too. Is that like, yeah, a little jaded. It definitely is like a pro like strategy to know, but it shouldn't have to be that way. But unfortunately, it kind of is, and I don't, I don't know if I like that or not. But I can't turn it off anymore, so, so I have to live with it. I guess it evens out when you are at your showcase and people come up to you with all their shit. That's exactly. That's why I rather do it. I rather you come up to me. So yeah. But trade nights is different. Trade nights it's all equal, and that's that's the one pro of them. Um, I don't know. Do you have any other opinion on that? Do you have any pro? What's your opinions on like walking a show these days? So. Ever since I went to the first national, I've basically walked almost every show besides the times I've set up with you guys yep. briefly or like bummed like half a showcase or whatever. But fine. I don't really I don't really have an issue with like walking. I do like to walk around with like a friend or two. It's kind of gets stale if you're just walking around by yourself the whole day. Yeah. Um, but as long as you keep everything uh, secure, you know, where everything's at. You're walking around all these booths and shit. Um. I mean, it's fine. I don't know if you'll get the same sort of like deals or slash like profit that you will setting up and having people come up to you, but you definitely will see more. Whether or not that's a good thing or a bad thing, I mean, it's up to you, I guess. But yeah, yeah. I mean, no, I'm not telling you that I will never walk a show. I go out of my way to like make sure I break up the the day. But yeah, I I can kind of tell, and, and, and it's different. If I if I'm your friend, like we're actually. Like, if we're actually friends, I will go up to your, your table and like try to make a deal with you. Yeah, yeah a stranger, yeah. I, I I will walk by in five seconds. Like, yep, nope, 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 no, yeah. like, nope, nope. The nope. awkward stare when they see you just. Dude, I, no, I, I will like, walk. I'll look. Yeah. Just walk. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll say hi. I'll, I'll be friendly and great. Yeah. Like, say something, but like, yeah, you know, if you have like FCG eight Pokemon cards, like we know this is a base cool. update rookies. Dude, that's all I want, please. Just give me all your wants out of PSA 7 updates. like The debut versions, too. Thank you. Yeah, I, I really do wonder how some of these people set up a shows, though. That's, you know, I understand you have to have a uh, price range for everyone, but I will wonder how people feel 
when they sell thirty dollars worth of cards, they pay two hundred fifty dollars for them. I was gonna say, do you think some of those people that have those like whack ass cards set up in some of those booths, like fifteen, fifty bucks, price like two hundred, do you think any of them consistently like pay the like two, three hundred dollars to set up and just don't God, make any money? That's a great question. I don't know. And keep don't... setting up. I really, I think they just look at it as more like a social event, or they just like don't get it. Um, I don't, I don't really know the answer. It's so tough because, like, especially like, so Burbank is the the best thing about the Burbank show, for instance, is that they handpicked their dealers at least initially. I'm sure people will sell what their spots and, and you know invite friends and X, Y, and Z. But we were like hand invited to the first show, so you knew what dealers would have good stuff. I feel like at certain shows, larger shows like at Dallas, for instance, where they have a fucking second room, I don't really know. Maybe you're just giving out spaces. Like maybe it's I mean, like the show charity. itself is making money. I don't get dude, I don't know. It's really like, weird. I feel like some of these people have to be taking baths after a year and their setup costs. Like no way they people with like those blaster boxes of like two thousand five tops just set up. Dude, that sh- I would fucking if I had to bring wax or like jerseys or helmets, I would be so miserable. Why would you ever want to do that? The profit margin yeah. on like imagine you have ten blaster boxes or even ten ten, you know, jerseys or ten helmets and they cover an entire three showcases worth of space. Or you could have cards. <laughs> you know, the, the profit, let's say a helmet's 150 bucks. It costs you 75 bucks to get it signed and authenticated. Your profit margin is is 50%. Yeah. Congrats. But like, what if you had a 500 cards there, 200 cards there? Like, well, yeah, uh, it's like, I'm not, I'm not trying to like slander anyone that sets up like that. It's just, I, I sounds to, a little bit, but I'm, <laughs> I'm just trying to like understand why you would want to do that. I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, I get it because, like, they might just, like, it's not a business. It's a hobby. I love it. But, like, bro, you're breaking your ass. You're, like, you're breaking your back for this. Like, it might as well make it worth it financially. Yeah. Dude, that shit sucks. I don't know. All right. Uh, this was a question that I came up with, Kai. It was hashtag investing in your PC. I don't really have a PC. Like, I've, I've realized the trading cards for me. Like, I love the Yankees and Giants, but I don't care nearly as much about them anymore when I started getting into sports cards because I want everyone to do well, most of the people in my in my collection, because it, it benefits me the most. What is Mickey Mantle ever going to pay for my rent, for instance? Uh, that's from the Bronx Tale. So, you know, in my mind, I really don't care about my, my individual teams nearly as much as I used to before trading cards. You, however, love the Falcons and the Braves, and you will buy their stuff. So do you hashtag buy your PC or invest in your PC, and why or why not should I? So I used to be more so driven to, like, hold on to all my stuff and not really. I think what I would do is I would have such a emotional attachment to some cards that, like, if the player did great that day, like, I wanted to go buy more. It's just, like, Nowadays, I'm definitely more like profit driven. Like I probably have like five Matt Ryan cards right now, which is definitely the lowest I've had in like the last like five years. But early on, I definitely kind of lucked out, I would say a little bit with yep. like Trey Young, Acuna. Yep. I mean, even Matt Ryan at the time I was buying him, then he wins MVP and goes to the Super Bowl. Um, I I mean, I wouldn't tell anyone to invest in their PC because 90 out of 100 times, like, 
Kevin Mayer will lose money. Yeah, like, um, but I mean, it just so happens that the cases I did, like, I when I bought Trey Young early, like when he was a rookie and was struggling the first half, I bought his Mojo Prism, graded it, got a, a nine five, sold it for like five x my money. I traded a bunch of Trey Youngs I had nothing into for an NTRPA from Mike Cantz. Sold that via Mike Cantz for my second biggest sale ever. It was a record at the time for that card. What's funny, uh, Kyle, is that your largest sale ever and your second largest sale ever is is larger than mine. Like you actually, have, you have high, yeah, no, your peaks are higher than mine. But my like, dude, I I couldn't even tell you. You have a higher mean. Yeah, that's the thing is that like I yeah. couldn't tell you my most expensive sale ever. But I can tell you that my top ten or twenty five sales are all within like. Twenty five hundred dollars of each other. I think I have like, <laughs> yeah. I have like four or five sales ever over ten k. Yeah, I, I so. literally could not tell you how many, and that's not me um, hashtag flexing. Yeah. It's just me being hashtag stupid. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, but uh, I would say if you really like a player and think they're going to be good, and it's your PC, like why not buy some cards if he's good? Then you like boom, you got money and he's your favorite player. But if he's bad, you still have the cards. I mean, that's what you wanted, right? But I wouldn't directly tell anyone to go and spend $1,000 on uh, Darius Slayton just because he's your favorite player. Man, but, yeah, Darius um, I'm sorry. Although he did turn it around for a little bit there. But, you know, I kind of want the Falcons to sign him. but He was in the doghouse with the Giants for a while, and then he just, you know, and up on the field. It was good. But are you like wanting to buy PC stuff? I know you're doing the jersey I mean, I stuff, really. but like, what the do you The main thing I would quote unquote PC is like now, like game worn logo patches. Yeah. I have some sick ones. You've always done that though, haven't you? I've done that forever, like five or six years now. Do you still um, have that Marshawn Lynch? I don't have that Marshawn Lynch anymore. I oh, sold it to a guy who had a big a hole, but like it is oh. what it is. I still like 5x my money on that because I bought it for like 200 bucks. And- 2017 and i sold it for like a grand yeah um and, and that's annoying i, I kind of wish i had that car back but game worn logo patches i really love um so i guess that's kind of pc that's not really hashing yeah. investing but like those will always kind of stand the test of time yeah because they're so dope and people want to own them yeah so what i would I say know. is if it's something if it's something like that like i think that's almost a no-brainer to like invest in i mean the game game use stuff's like just going up. I mean, that's exactly it. Yeah. yeah, if it's like a player, or a team, it's different than like a type of card. I would say. Yeah, it's it's tough. I'm not exactly sure. What I will say is that I wish products aligned better with like real life. Because if if you know the Giants for whatever reason wanted to draft a new quarterback, or or if the Falcons draft a quarterback that you wanted to own. You could benefit from it if you believed in them from day one. You exactly. got like a product like Prism or Optic well, or even yeah. like Select before the season. Versus, you know, I'm not even sure when like the good football products come out yeah. uh, come out anymore. But you know, if you if you yeah, for whatever yeah. reason were a 49er fan who bought Brock Purdy because he was Mr. Relevant, you thought it was funny. Oh, uh, you could have like fifty thousand extra money. So, oh well. Yeah, I mean. I know we've said it a lot, but that's literally like how it used to be, which is why like cards was so fun. But I I will say this: the cards are are a lot less fun with that in mind because it doesn't because you're yeah. not going to want you're not going to be outsmarting your competition. Which yeah, is- everyone's at the same level by the time that stuff comes out. I mean, you can't you can't 
be like the guy that's like, I mean, you can with like a five thousand dollar investment into Trevor Lawrence when he does good, but you can't be the guy that spends five hundred bucks on twenty rookies of a certain guy you liked and then double your money and be like, yeah, I hit on him. You have to actually spend a shit ton of money to even see a profit. I know, or you just like get your friends together and like pump up Kalamon because he throws yeah exactly in the preseason, which ironically enough, once again, like. Hype outsells production. Preseason meant nothing. He's I think he's still in the league. I think he's on the uh, Brownies. He's like the third or fourth quarterback. So oh. let's get it. Yeah, for real. All right, everyone buy Kellen Mond this year. All right, that's what we're gonna do. Right, and then you tell me that you're buying. Actually, ironically enough, uh, I don't know how I'm gonna segue into this. I was gonna friend, do that. Fuck, that was great. One of my um, one of my friends owns the one of one Kellen Mond. I think it's the NCRPA. I'm not sure it's the true one, but it's the one where he has like the smiley face. <laughs> and I just I remember that card. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that in Dallas. I just let, la- he wanted like 1500 bucks. I'm like, yeah, I don't like this card enough to do that, but I would have maybe paid a hundred dollars, but oh well. All right, Kai, what are you targeting in 2023? Like what's your nothing, North Star? Nothing too specific. I don't really, I mean, the one card I would say if there was a single card that I had to pick, I really want a clean copy. I'm not, I don't know if you're going to know this card or not, but it's, I think, 2000 or 2001 Tops Coast, top Stadium Center co-signers, uh, Hank Aaron, Willie Mays. I don't so I don't that know that exact card, but I definitely have seen those dual autographs before. Yeah. So the issue with those is fakes. about 60% of them, not, not fakes, they're all like the autos are starting to fade. So to find a copy that has a bold auto, one went on Golden a few months ago, and it went for such a premium. So, but I think a certain remember. I remember it ran for I think it went for like seven or eight k, and then a faded copy did like two thousand. So there's okay. definitely a big premium there, but just like normal stuff, I would say refractors, uh, rare stuff, like grading stuff. Um, I'm kind of buying like bulk a little more now. Um, but nothing like specific. Like, what are you after? I don't know if I want to go after a 52 mantle this year or not. I feel like they're still too hot to like really consider. But I really think what I'm going after is someone telling me, hey, I need 50 grand for something. Buy this lot for 75% of comps. And I just laugh and buy it. That's what I want. I just want to, I just want to get a mystery. Get 100K concept. out of that so easily. Well, that's exactly it. That's the point. Yeah. It's just like, all right, I'll figure it out later. I don't, I really don't have an idea. I just want to, I guess, make my largest purchase of the year. I'm not targeting anything specifically at all and just kind of go from there. I don't know. I'll figure it out when I know. Which I, I guess mean, is a good idea. I'm not, I'm not really sure. It's worked this far. It typically typically works out for you, I would say. Yeah, and except for Josh Rosen. So, oops. Ah. And uh, Nick Castellanos didn't work out for me there. Although he ended up being good, but didn't know what I was buying in 2017, 2016. For every Josh Rosen you have, you have a, a Babe Ruth baseball. So that's Dude, I still can't believe I own that fucking baseball. I'm shocked that I didn't move it yet. How much longer do you think you're going to wait? Uh... I keep on case I'm gonna use it to pay for the wedding. I don't know that's true anymore because like she just keeps on laughing and it's <laughs> funny. But I don't need to sell it, so it might end up staying in my collection longer than I ever thought it would. I'm oh, really shocked. To sell you, it. Where are you gonna send it to a uh, PWC? So the idea originally was going to this was the original idea, and it, and it has since changed. I was gonna give the PWCC to Vault and then eventually sell. 
but I really like owning it and having the ball in, in my house. So I don't know if I want to do that. You know, it's locked away, it's secure, so no one's gonna fucking steal it. Don't don't you dare fucking try, guy. Um but I don't know what I'm gonna do with it just yet. And it's one of those things where I guess when it does sell, first off, the ROI is insane, <laughs> no matter what. And uh, I guess waiting for a better economic time works because if it goes for 30 or 40 or 50K in six months to a year or two years, like, okay, can I hold out for that long? Do I need the money? No? All right, fuck it, just wait. Someone, someone's gonna make a hundred dollar trade with you now. Get your address, come to your house, and rob you for the ball. Jokes on you, Kai. I have a PO box for that exact reason. I'm so anal about this. <laughs> uh, that's too funny. I know that. I've really thought about that. <sighs> anyway, all right. Besides trying to plan my next escape, what I think we're good, right? Yeah, I would say so. All right. All right, guys, if you made it this far, thank you for listening or watching. If you did it on YouTube, uh, that was the – that was 15 episodes. My God, dude, we're almost four months into this podcast. What a world. Yep. All That's right. crazy. I know. It is. Uh, we have to get some more guests eventually. I know that we're having some discussions about who we want to invite on. I know the original idea was going to be like one every five to ten episodes, but then you were you, – and go home to the family for Christmas, you selfish son of a bitch. And then I didn't want to do it by myself. So we'll figure it out. Maybe we'll get on better routine. But if you guys made it this far for listening or watching, thank you guys so much. Uh, we will see you on Instagram. Hopefully you don't see me in my apartment or house or whatever I use. So, <laughs> And that's how I want to end it. Peace. All right. Thanks, guys. Peace.